take your Bibles over to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 10. 1 Samuel, chapter 10, is the story of how Samuel anoints Saul to become king of Israel. There's a phrase in this story that I want to dissect and compare some other scripture with that I think may be vital for many people's lives, and I want the Lord to help me say exactly what he'd have me to say. I think it's rather profound what we'll look at this evening together. 1 Samuel chapter 10, the Bible says in verse number 1, Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found, and lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses and sorroweth for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and there shall meet thee three men going up to God, to Bethel. One carrying three kids, and another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. And they will salute thee, and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. After that thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery and a tabret and a pipe and a harp before them. And they shall prophesy, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. Thou shalt prophesy with them and shalt be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs are come unto thee that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee, and thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry till I come to thee and show thee what thou shalt do. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. Please drop down to verse 20. And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was taken. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they sought him... He could not be found. Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. And they ran and fetched him thence, and when he stood among the people, 
He was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upward. And Samuel said to all the people, See ye him whom the Lord hath chosen, that there is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted and said, God save the king. Then Samuel told the people the manner of the kingdom and wrote it in a book and laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his house. And Saul also went home to Gibeah. And there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. I'm looking at the phrase in verse number 22 where the Lord answers them when they are looking for Saul and cannot find him. He cannot be found. The Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. Hiding among the stuff. Saul was a man that God changed. We read that in our text. The Bible so clearly tells us that he, God makes him into another man. Do you remember reading that as we were going through? The Bible said in verse number 6, The Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. God's going to change you. He's going to change who you are. He's going to change your personality. He's going to change the way you think. You will be Turned into another man. That's a big phrase in the Bible. I think all of us could say that through becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus, that God's done that with our hearts. The Spirit of the Lord coming into our lives have, has changed us. We've been made a new creature in Christ Jesus. But here is a man that God has changed. And yet he's hiding. The Bible says that he's going to be given another heart. He, he gave him another heart, verse number 9. God gave him another heart, turned him into another man, gave him another heart. What's he doing hiding? Why is he hiding from God's call? Why is he hiding who he is? As they're going to choose this man to stand up before all the tribes of Israel and anoint him to be the king of Israel. He's hiding among the stuff because if he stands out among the people, they will surely see exactly who he is. He will not be able to hide who he is if he gets out in public because, you see, when Saul stands out, he, he has been changed, but he also is so different from them, he stands head and shoulders above all of the people. Hard to hide when you're taller than everybody in the room. He's trying to hide who he is. He has been anointed by God, but he's hiding. He's taller than anyone. He is the man, but he's hiding. He's hiding who he really is. He's from that tribe of Benjamin that has been chosen. He is Saul, the one that's been chosen to be the captain over the inheritance of the Lord. But you can't find him. Look at that phrase again, verse number 21 in the verse, he could not be found. He could not be found. He could not be found who he was because he was hiding in the stuff. Would you take your Bible to the book of Luke, 
chapter 17, we run into the word stuff again. Seems like a word that's not very educated and yet it's so appropriate. You know tonight you got a lot of stuff. (laughs) Americans have more stuff than anybody in the world. We got so much stuff we have to spend thousands of dollars to house it in buildings that we don't even live in. And we've got so much stuff that we have yard sales to try to get rid of our stuff. We can't, still can't get rid of all the stuff. We put it up on Facebook, try to get rid of stuff. Isn't that right? But then that's weird. Then we keep looking on Facebook for more stuff. And then we got so much stuff, and then we have, then we have the, the Christmas season, and, and we, we all get a bunch more stuff. Stuff is such a generic word, it sort of encompasses everything. I wonder tonight, could you be hiding in your stuff? I think some people this Christmas season will be hiding in the stuff. Hiding who they really are behind the things that they're receiving or the things that they are giving. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus, as he's preaching, the Bible says in verse number 30, Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Luke 17, now I'm in verse 31. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop, watch it, and his stuff in the house. Let him not come down to take it away, and he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. He says, you know, when I come back, you better not worry about your stuff. Because your stuff is going to be gone. (laughs) When I come back, your stuff is not going to matter. It's going to be taken away. It's going to be of no importance. You know, when I get on airplanes and, and I fly out and go preaching stuff, and they always say the same thing, you know. They go through the, the stuff about, uh, about if the plane goes down or, you know, if the stuff drops down and we have a water landing. Don't take your stuff. Don't worry about your stuff. Just get out of the plane. You know, if people really understood what's coming, they wouldn't worry so much about their stuff. They would worry about their lives. They were worried about their families. And when, when Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, and you, you're, going to have, you're going to have a decision to make. You can turn back and worry about your stuff, or you can just leave your stuff. Now, now look at the very next verse here in Luke chapter 17. He says, verse 32, three-worded verse, Remember Lot's wife. What happened to her? Evidently, she's worried about her stuff. Here comes the fire and brimstone and she turns back and she is wondering about what's happening to her stuff. As a matter of fact, I think some of her stuff was her own family. I don't think she was just worried about the coffee table or the furniture or the... I think she's worried about all her stuff. But in that day it didn't matter. And when she turned back, all her stuff was gone. 
including herself. Now look at the next verse. Jesus said, Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. You know there's a lot of people that can't find themselves. I've said that about young people. A lot of young people still trying to find themselves, you know. They're trying to find life. They're trying to find the meaning of life. What's it all about? They're trying to find their life. You know you'll not find your life in the stuff. You'll not find what life is in the stuff. It doesn't matter if it's things you can purchase or things you can enjoy. That's not where your life is. Your life's not even in your family. The truth is, God had another life for Lot's wife, but her life, her whole life was in her stuff and in her family, and it wasn't wrapped up in God, and she lost every bit of it. And the Bible says, if you lose your life, you'll find it. Watch it, watch here in this verse. Shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. You remember in another part, part he's talking about if, if, you'll, if you'll lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Now, now, now let, think with me about where we are in our teaching. So what does that have to do with Saul? Saul is in the midst of the stuff, and they cannot find him. They cannot find who he is because he's he lost in the stuff. You can't see him head and shoulders above the people because he's hiding in the stuff. You can't see God's call on his life because he's hiding in the stuff. You can't see what God even intended for his life because he's in the stuff instead of coming out in the open and losing his life. You see, he was putting himself on the line to step out there and say, here, my. He was losing whatever life he had to the life that God wanted for him. That was a big deal. He's no longer just going to be the son of Kish. He's no longer going to live his life the way he planned to live it. His whole life is going to be in the service of God for this nation, you see. And he was worried about that or he was struggling with that. And so he hid himself in the stuff. And this is what I really think that some of God's people do. God's changed our hearts. He's made us another man. But if we're not careful, we'll wrap our lives up in the stuff and we'll miss God's calling on our lives. We'll miss who we really are. People won't see what God really meant for us because all we're doing is we are, we are so wrapped up in the stuff that our lives can't be what they're supposed to be. And at the end of the day, we lose our life. We lose our life trying to Hold on to the stuff. That's what Jesus is saying in Luke. If you run back to the house to hold on to the stuff, you're going to lose your life trying to, trying to hold on to your life. You understand? You see the picture? You're going to lose your life trying to grab a hold of it because you think your life is that stuff. Nobody, it doesn't matter what's, what's in the house. It matters where God wants you to go and who God wants you to be. And the path that he has for you. Who cares about the stuff? Let it all burn down. Miss Lot. I, I know you, you probably wrapped up your life in those girls. 
And so now because they're going to die, you don't have a life anymore. But, but Miss Lot, they weren't your life. God's got another plan. You know, every one of us have to live our lives. My life can't be dictated by anybody else. I've got to do what God wants me to do. My life is not about anything else but except what the perfect and complete will of God for me is. Jesus says, you, you better not worry about that stuff in your house. You, you better not try to hold on to it. and You better not think that's life. You better lose that life instead of trying to find the, that stuff in life. How many people go after the stuff of life and they can't find it? They can't find what life's all about. So back to Saul. Saul is hidden among the stuff. I started thinking about how many people... Hide in the stuff. What do we hide? I think we hide our sins. You know, the Bible talks about Adam who hid his sin in his own bosom. The Bible talks about Achan in the, in the book of Joshua. You remember that story, right? And he sinned against God and he took of the accursed thing. And God came to Joshua and said... He used the word stuff. He said somebody has sinned and they put it in the stuff. They hid it in the stuff. Just like Saul is hiding in those things. Achan, he, he stole that Babylonian garment and stole that wedge of gold and stole those things. And he took them back and, and he, he, he dug in the earth and he hid it in the earth among the rest of his stuff in his tent. He's hiding his sin. Among the rest of his stuff, so you don't see it. You know how many times the sins of our lives we sort of hide in different ways. I wrote down some things where people hide. I think a lot of people hide in religion. I think some people hide in church. They say, well, if, if I'll just get among everybody else's stuff in the church, and, and if I'll go and be very religious, then I can hide and forget about my sin. You, you can't hide your sin in church. You can't hide it in religion. Your sin's got to be taken care of. It's got to be brought out into the open. I really think, you know, that's what some of the some of the, the good Catholics do, you know. They, they, they go to the, the Christmas Eve service or the Easter Mass to feel good about getting drunk the next night. You understand? They're hiding in their religion. They're hiding their sin there. They think that's a good place. Well, you know, I have a, my life is sinful, but I go to church. I got things wrong in my life, but I'm religious. You can't hide your sin in religion. No matter how much stuff is surrounding you, you can't hide your guilt there. The Bible says the secret sins are in the light of his countenance. Neither is there anything 
hidden from his sight, the Bible tells us in, in Hebrews chapter 4. All things are open with him with whom we have to do. We can't hide from God. God knew exactly where Saul was. God, God knew everything about Saul. He, he can't hide from God any more than Adam could hide from God, any more than, than Josh or, or, or uh, Achan can hide, hide from, from God. You can't hide from God. You can, you can hide among the stuff, but, but you're not hidden. God's going to find you. That's why David said, search me, O God, know my heart. You know, there are some, some sins, listen to me, there are some sins that are hidden in our hearts that we can't even see. David talks about those secret sins. What's a secret sin? A secret sin may not just be something that is secret from someone else. It may be some that's hidden from you. But a lot of times we feel a whole lot better about ourselves if we just get among the stuff, you see. If I can get, get around other people and other religions. I think people hide their real emotions and their real feelings and their real hearts, their real lack of love. I think they hide it and stuff too. You know what I've noticed about, about Christmas time? People give people gifts that they've really not shown love through through the year. But I'm hiding my lack of love by saying, here's your gift. I'm hiding my real unconcern because here's your gift. If I'll just give you some gifts, I'm for giving gifts. I said that, that God gives us gifts every day. We ought to be people that give gifts like God gives gifts. But a lot of times, and in our culture, the gifts are hiding the problem. The stuff is really hiding the issue. Well, we'll gather around the tree and we'll pass out the gifts to the kids. We got hell in our home and we got problems in the kids' lives and we got problems. In it, but here's a gift. You know what we're doing? We're hiding in the stuff. That's, that's all over our culture. It's almost like flattery. <laughs> you know what flattery is? It's hiding what you really think. You're hiding in the stuff that you're saying to this person. You're hiding your real motive. Your real intention. What you really think. Boy, isn't it a great thing that we're not like God and know what everybody's thinking? (laughs) How much is hiding in our thoughts and we hide it with the stuff that we say? How we really are. Who we really are. Our lack of interest. Our lack of concern. I think many times we are hiding our anxieties and our fears and our depression and our feelings in the stuff. You know, I think some of these people that are sitting with both hands and partying it out and going to the gatherings and the parties and laughing, I think they're hiding. I think they're really hiding the emptiness and the loneliness in their hearts. They're hiding it in the stuff. They don't want other people to see how they really are 
How they really, I think people do that in life. You know, I think a lot of people stay so busy. I think a lot of people stay so busy in their stuff as a coping mechanism with what's really going on in their life. Do I need to say that again? If I'll stay, if I'll just stay busy enough, I'll hide my desperation and I'll hide my fear and I'll hide my trouble in the stuff that I'm involved in. You know, I, I think we have in our culture, I think people are really they have a, they have a shopping addiction. I think people are addicted to shopping. I think people are addicted to spending money. You know what I really think it is? I think they're hiding. I think it gives them a little bit of coping, a little bit of feel better to get away from the demons that are in me. I'm hiding in the activity. I think hobbies are that way. Can Sports can be that way. I think, guys, I think your job can be that way. I think you can get so involved in a career and so involved in trying to be a success that maybe you're hiding your real insecurities and your real fears and your real lack of faith. So if you just double down and go harder, then that which I'm really afraid of and that which I'm, I'm really lacking in in my life won't be seen because I'm busy. Maybe hide my bankrupt heart in the accomplishments that I have. Maybe I'll hide behind a smile. Guys, I think a lot of people are hiding in the stuff. And I think this year is no different. You know, it's like all of a sudden people switch a gear, you know, and they think because they watch a couple Christmas movies that, you know, we got peace. <laughs> Somebody's hiding in the stuff. You can watch all the Christmas movies you want to and make yourself feel as good as you want to. But you know what? You're not being open and honest about what's really going on in your life. People hide in their materialism. They hide in their fun. Their toys, their games, their hobbies. People hide in their traditions. They hide in their mannerisms of life. People hide in their relationships. They wrap their life up into a certain relationship, and that becomes the definition of their life. That's not the definition of your life, Saul. People hide in humanitarianism. If I'll just be good enough to the stray cats and the stray dogs and the people, I feel better about myself. You know what? You're hiding your real, your real messed up hearts, what you're doing. If, if, I'll just, if I'll just give to the poor and be good enough to people, I'll hide my own, my, the own truth that I'm really, I know in my heart I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God, but I can mask all of that. About other things. In our day, people are hiding in a fantasy world, in a make believe world. 
They're hiding in the video. Can, can, I, can I be honest with you? I think all these people that think that they can try to turn themselves, you know, men turning themselves into women by making themselves a eunuch or having a surgery or something like that, I believe they're hiding. I believe they're hiding in their alphabet stuff. I believe they don't want to come face to face with who they really are and who they are before God. And so they, they get all this stuff going on so I can forget about God and I for, forget about the fact that one day I'm going to stand before God and forget about how God made me and what God wants for my life. And so I'll wrap up my life with all this stuff. and Nobody will see who I really am. And God won't even see who I really am. But you cannot hide from God. I said a minute ago, some people hide in religion. But some people hide their religion in the stuff. (laughs) Do you remember the story of Jacob and and Rachel and, and when they leave Laban and Rachel steals her dad's gods. So she's got the wrong religion, right? Where did she hide that religion? In her stuff. Now that's a false religion. But guys, how many of us hide our religion? In stuff. You know, the Bible tells us if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And we're not to hide our light. We're, we're, we're to put it on a candlestick and, and let it shine unto the world. But sometimes I'm, I'm concerned that we may think, well, you know, I live a pretty good life. I've got good standards. It doesn't matter that I'm not showing Jesus to the world personally. Because look at all this other stuff I'm doing. Do I have the the obligation to give the gospel to the world? Do I have the obligation to let my light shine? Do I have the obligation to tell people about Jesus with my mouth and with my life? You know, look, look, I'm doing all this other stuff. And really, your religion can be hidden. Your your gospel can be hidden. Your light and your testimony and the truth of salvation can be hidden from others because we think that as long as we're involved in the stuff, guys, I'll just be blunt with you. Even our giving to missions does not, don't hide letting your light shine to the world in your missions giving. Don't hide from your obligation with that. You understand? Guys, we can hide in all sorts of places. And I think people are hiding today. And I think God has a purpose and a plan for this man in 1 Samuel chapter 10 that he has changed, that he turned him into another man, that he gave him another heart. And he needs to quit hiding for all, in all these areas and be who God wants him to be openly and honestly. And so as I come to the end of the message, I will tell you how you cannot hide in this stuff. You aren't hiding in the stuff if you're open. Now let me, let me think about that just for a minute. 
the Word of God says in First Peter chapter 3, verse 12, that the Lord's eyes are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. You know what that means? That means God's not hiding from me. Aren't you glad when you pray you don't have to try to go find him somewhere? I believe what Brother, Brother Earl Hughes said. You know, he said, you, you, don't, you don't knock on your own front door. You don't have to even have an invitation to go home. You, you just go right on in. And Jesus Christ has made the way for us. He's, he's split the veil in two. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace. You don't even need an invitation. You already have an open door. God's not hiding from us. His eyes are on us. His ears are open. Talk to me. I'm not trying to keep myself away from you. I'm listening to you. I am open to your prayers. Right where you can reach me. I think part of our problem in the Christian life we're not open. You know the Bible talks about Lydia. That she had a heart that was opened to God. She wasn't hiding from God. She was open to God. She, she, she just laid bare her heart and her life to the Lord. We've got to come out of the stuff and open up our hearts to God and open up our lives to God. And yes, that, that beca- that's a vulnerable, vulnerable position to be in. But God's not hiding from us and we ought to openly come to Him. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, but we all with open face Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed from image to image. I, I tell you what, what will destroy every one of our Christian lives is if we keep hiding in our daily routines and everything and we stop being open with God. You know, if you're mad at God, what? just tell Him. Quit hiding it. Quit hiding in the stuff. If you're all mixed up and messed up and bitter, hey, don't hide that. Just have an open, bare heart before God and say, this is it. He appreciates that. Instead of trying to put band-aids on it with all the little stuff in our lives. Are you open with the Lord? Or are you hiding from so many things we can hide from him, but we can be so open with him. You know, when revival really takes place and where God really does something in the church is when people come to God and they say, Lord, I'm open. I'm open for business. Whatever you want to touch, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to have, whatever you want to reveal, I'm not in the shadows, Lord. I'm, I'm right out here. I'm not going to hide in the bushes. I'm not going to hide in my stuff. I'm just going to come open before you, Lord, and say, here I am with all my warts and with all my weaknesses and with all of my problems and with all of my needs, but I am open. And and, and whatever you want to say and whatever you want to do, I'm not going to hide anymore. 
And I think you can tell a lot of people are hiding because they can't be still. You know, when you're open to the Lord, I, I get the picture of how the Lord says, be still and know that I'm God. He talks about us communing with our own heart on our bed and, and being still. You know, when you're, when, you're, when you're really open before the Lord, you're not in a hurry. How much among us can God not do because we're not open enough to let him have the time he needs to have in our hearts and lives? Okay, Lord, I'm going to go to church, but if you can't help me in an hour, you can forget it. <laughs> All right, Lord, I'm going to try to pray, but man, if I have to go more than 10 minutes, I'm sorry, I'll have to go somewhere else. The doctor can write me a prescription faster than that. Come on now, Lord, if you're going to do something, do it now. Get on my schedule. That's not being open with the Lord. He said, just be still. You know, you can always tell people are hiding. They can't be still. Because when you get real still, there ain't no place to hide. When you get still before God, I think some people hide in their music. I, I love good music. You can hide there. I got to have some noise. Something's got to keep moving because if I ever get still long enough, I can step out of a shadow. I think being open with God means that we can get still enough for God to work in our hearts. Go to Psalm 32. I'll give you the last thing. To not hide in the stuff. You need to be open with God. You need to be still. And to not hide in the stuff. You, you know what? You can't hide in two places at one time. I'm going to count to ten. Ready or not, here I come. You know when you played hide and seek, you know you could only hide in one place at a time. You ran away and you thought, man, you know, last time I hid over there and that was pretty good. And the time before that, it took a while over here. And then you rolled over your mind. You can only run to one place and hide at a time. If I'm not going to hide in the stuff, now I, I, I'll be honest with you. We do need a place to hide. Some of us, amen, have so many troubles and so many weaknesses and so many issues. You do need a place to hide, but it's not in the stuff. Psalm chapter 32, the Bible says in verse 7, David writes, if anybody knew about it, he did. Psalm 32, verse 7, thou art my hiding not going to hide in my wealth. I'm not going to hide in my relationships. I'm not going to hide in my successes. I'm not going to hide behind a fake smile. I'm not going to hide in my busyness. Lord God, I'm going to hide in you. Thou art my hiding place. He, they said that again in Psalm 119 verse 114. They said, I, I don't want to even go to all the texts where he talks about that I'll, you'll hide me in your pavilion. I can run to you and you'll hide me there. 
I do have issues. I, I do have sins. I do have all these problems and fears and feelings and things I need help with. But I can't hide in the stuff. There's no help there. I need to hide in you. Hiding in thee. Thou blessed rock of ages, I'm hiding in thee. The Bible says that your life is hid with Christ in God. When the King comes again, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes again, Isaiah 32 says this, and a man, that's Jesus Christ, a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest as a shadow of a great rock in a weary land. While the rest of our world is hiding behind Christmas, though they don't know God, they don't know Jesus Christ, But they think maybe if they'll hide in this Christian holiday, everything will be okay. And in the society we live in, everybody's immersed in the things that they buy and the things that they have and the hustle and bustle and the busyness of life and the work and the the, the job and the... Well, everybody's hiding in And while some people even hiding in their own families, in their own relationship. Oh, God, help us to step out from the stuff and stand before God and say, Lord, here am I. I'm coming to thee just as I am. And the only help I'm going to find is in you. And so I'm going to put all my fears on the table. I'm going to put my sins on the table. I'm going to put my feelings on the table. I'm going to put my anxiety on the table and my depression on the table. I'm going to put my bitterness on the table. I'm going to put my guilt on the table. I'm going to put it all on the table. And here I am, totally exposed, open to you because I need to hide in thee. I need to get help from you. 